This is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you today for your word. I thank you for clarity. I thank you for conviction. And most of all, I thank you for our faith rising to another level in our lives. As I decrease, I thank you for the anointing of God that's already here to saturate our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. And Lord, I thank you that Miracle Month is still here. And Lord, those who are standing in the gap, those who are standing waiting for a miracle, I thank you in advance that the power of God is already working on the scene. And so, Lord, I thank you for your word, and I pray that you will help me articulate it in the name of Jesus. And as I back up, I ask for you to step forward. And as I decrease, I ask for you to increase. So the incorruptible seed of your word will enter the hearts of your people to change their lives in Jesus' name. And if you believe that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Give you would give the Lord a hand clap as you take your seats. We're currently in a series entitled Expecting a Miracle. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm expecting a miracle. And the goal of this series is to raise your faith to believe that God still performs miracles and they are about to take place in your life. Last week, our lesson was entitled, Your Miracle Has Been Scheduled. And the purpose of that message was to get you to see that miracles can be scheduled Watch this, so that the supernatural can take place in your life. And so if you're taking notes, our final lesson today is called the key to your miracle. The key to your miracle. And the goal of today's lesson is to provide you with the primary key to unlocking miracles for your life. In other words, today's lesson is designed to help you see that if you can do this one thing, this one thing unlocks the un or the impossible in your life. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Mark chapter 5, verses 22, Mark 5, 22. And then I want you to find Mark chapter 9, verses 17. That was Mark chapter 5, verses 22. And then Mark chapter 9, verse 17. As you find that, we define a miracle as an effect on an extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all human or natural powers. It also means a sign that promises remarkable events to come. And one of the key principles that we've learned so far about miracles is that they are God-created, but man participated. Say this with me. Say, miracles are God-created, but man participated. And this only means that we may not have the ability to make a miracle 
but we certainly have the ability to participate in a miracle. Can you say amen to that? Another way of saying it is God needs you and I's participation and he needs our obedience in order for miracles to take place. And you know what? Many people don't believe that they need God, that God needs their help when it comes to miracles. I know you believe God can do everything, but you know what? There are some things God can't do. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know that. One of the things God can't do is lie. I mean, if this carpet right here, if God wanted it red, all he would have to say is carpet be red. And even though it's whatever color it is now, it would be red just because he said it. Amen. And see, this principle of, of people having to participate along with God is throughout the Bible. For instance, Jesus would have never been born without Mary's cooperation and participation. The children of Israel only experienced deliverance from Egypt with the cooperation of Moses. I mean, we would have never experienced the miracle of being born again with our sins permanently removed without the obedience and the participation of Jesus Christ. So it's very clear in Scripture that God needs our participation for us to see miracle manifestation. Amen? Amen. I'm going to do a very short review because I want to catch those up who may not have been here. And then I need you to rehear the word. Faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing. Amen. And so we've learned four principles so far when it comes to miracles taking place. Here's the first one. We learned that when the five loaves of bread and the two fishes were multiplied that Jesus already knew what he was going to do to feed those 5,000 people. In other words, God has a solution for your problem before you experience it. I'm going to say that again. God already knows what he's going to do and he has a solution to your problem before you even have it. Amen. The second thing or principle that we learned is that Jesus spoke well over the five fish and the two loaves, or the five loaves of bread and the two fish. He gave thanks and he spoke well over it. Amen. And here's the, a different way of seeing it is that we shouldn't curse the little that we have because the little that we have, God may need to multiply it. Amen. And then the third thing that we, we learn is that we discover that miracles can be prearranged. Therefore, it is up to us to be where God is and where he wants us to be. And this principle was found in the story where Jesus, you know, and Peter, they needed tax money. And he told Peter, hey, I want you to go down to the sea and go fishing. And the first fish that you find, pull it up and it's going to have some money in it. Well, guess what? We learned that the miracle was not in him catching the fish with some money in it. Now, we know that is a miracle because I've been fishing plenty of times and I have never, ever, ever caught a fish with some money in it. I mean, had I caught some fish with some money in it, I would still be fishing right now. So it was a miracle for Peter to find a fish with money in it. But the miracle didn't take place when he actually did the fishing. The miracle took place when Jesus said, go do it. You say, well, what do you mean by this? See, when you understand that the word governs everything, 
See, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In other words, the Word starts everything. Amen. When you learn that, you'll begin to say, you know, you'll call things that be not as though they were. When you know the Word is first, then guess what? Instead of now starting your situation out with an anxiety, you'll start your situation out with the Word. Amen. So our first point today is going to assist us in experiencing miracle power in our lives. So if you're taking notes, here's the first point that I want you to write down. Every miracle must be believed before it is received. I'm going to say that again. Every miracle must be believed before it is received. Go to Mark chapter 5 and I'm going to show you this principle. See, it is possible... To believe something, but not have faith in it. You say, well, what do you mean? Let's say I had the ability to ride a unicycle. You know what a unicycle is? It's the bicycle with one wheel. Okay, let's say I had the ability to do that. And then I ask you, do you think it's possible for someone to ride a unicycle? What, what would you say? Yes. And then if I turned around and said, well, do you have enough faith for you to ride it? Most of you would go, no. So you can believe that something is true and something's right, but not have faith or watch this actions to do what you believe. Amen. So every miracle must be believed before received. Mark chapter 5 verse 22, it says, and behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue. His name was Jairus. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. Verse 24. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now, in between this story finishing... We had the woman with the issue of blood. So I'm going to skip her story right now. And we're going to jump down to verse 35. While he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain person which said, Your daughter is what? Your daughter is dead. So why trouble the master any further? Now I want you to notice Jesus' response. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken he said to the ruler of the synagogue be not afraid read these two words with me only believe believe. say it again he said listen I know what they have just reported I know that what looks like a fact looks like it's truth to you I know what the doctors have said I know what they have pronounced on your life. But I'm saying to you, don't be afraid. Only only believe. So watch and see what happened. So he suffered no man to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Because, see, everybody can't handle a miracle. Amen. Don't tell everybody what you're praying for because they don't have enough faith to believe for themselves. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and he saw the torment. He saw them weeping and wailing. And when he came in, he said to them, 
Why are you doing this? This damsel is not dead, but she is sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn. Can you imagine that? That shows that they did not believe in the miracle working power of Jesus Christ to the point where he says, she's not dead, she's asleep. And they just thought, ah. <laughs> they went from crying to laughing. I mean, that's schizophrenia right there. They went from crying and wailing to laughing him to scorn. Let's see how Jesus handled it. So he put them all out. Ain't nothing wrong with you putting somebody out your house. <laughs> Some of y'all saying, I wish I could put my mother-in-law out. I want to put her out. Watch this. He put them out. And he took the father and the mother of the damsel. And they were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand and he said unto her, Talitha, whatever that means, kumi. That sounds like, you know, uh, that sounds like, uh, I don't even know, if that, that, that ain't even Greek. That's like Indian. <laughs> Which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. For she was of the age of 12, and they were astonished with great astonishment. But the key to her miracle was the, 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 her, her dad believing. Okay, let's look at another. Go to Mark chapter 9. Go to Mark chapter 9. Let me show you this again. Mark chapter 9. Mark 9, look in verse 17 now. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto you my son, which has a dumb spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, I know some people with a dumb spirit. <laughs> Don't you know some people with a dumb spirit? <laughs> you know, sometimes your kids come up with a dumb spirit. Who did that? I don't know who did that. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, you know. And whatever, what's, wheresoever he takes him, he tears him, and he foams and gashes with his teeth. And, verse, and he says that I spoke to your disciples and that they should cast them out, and they couldn't. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit just begins to throw the boy on the ground. Look in verse 21. And he asked the father, how long has it been like this? And the father said, since he was a child. Verse 22. And oftentimes it will cast him into the fire and in the waters to try to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, read it with me. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Let's just stop right there. Jesus said, I can do whatever you want me to do. The only criteria is for you to believe. And he says, and once you learn how to believe, anything is possible with you. And I'm saying to you, anything is possible in your life as long as you learn how to believe. Now, I know the odds seems like they're stacked up against you. I know that you're in a situation where you need more money than what you have right now. I know you're in a situation that has you backed up against the wall. But I'm saying to you, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Now, I know some of you all are saying, Pastor, 
how in the world do I believe? I'm glad you asked me that question. Because point number two is the key to believing is hearing. I'm going to say that again. This is point number two. I only have two points today. The key to believing is hearing. Now watch this. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Go Mark chapter, chapter 5, verse 25. Now this is the woman with the issue of blood. I wanted to skip her story because we were going to come back to it. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. It says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood, how many years? Twelve years. And had suffered many things of the, of, of the doctors and had spent how much? All that she had. They didn't have Medicaid back then. They didn't have Obamacare back then. She spent all that she had and didn't get better, but rather grew what? She grew worse. When she had heard, watch this now, because here's the key to believing. When she had what? Heard of what? Jesus. Now watch this. Something about what she heard made her make a decision. I got to get in front of this man. In other words, I'm telling you what helps a person to believe is your hearing. And this is why most people can't believe because what they're hearing is negative. What she heard about Jesus caused something to happen. Well, let's see. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind him. She touched his garment. For she said, if I may just but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Notice now. She has some action with her believing. And action plus believing equals faith. I'm going to say that again. Action plus believing equals faith. So she had believed because she heard something about Jesus. I wonder what she heard. This is why it's so important for us to preach the New Testament Jesus. I know you all want to think Jesus was poor. He wasn't. Now, I know some of y'all thinking right now, well, if he wasn't poor, why did he have to tell Peter to go fishing for some money to pay their taxes? Because Judas wasn't with him, and Judas is the one that had the bag. Come on, you can't argue with me. I know too much of the Bible. When they brought gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh to his birth, man, that was worth more than a million dollars. If you take 12 people off of their job, you better be able to sustain not only them, but their families. Do you know he just looked at his disciples and said, come with me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. They had to stop doing what they were doing. Jesus had to sustain them. Now let me just give you another thing. If Jesus was so poor, poor people don't wear expensive clothing. Do you agree? I've never seen a bomb in a Versace shoot suit. I've never seen that. If, if they did, it's old and they bought it from Goodwill. <laughs> but typically people who are poor at that level, they don't buy expensive clothing. Well, why would they gamble for his clothing if it was not expensive? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm learning something right now. Let's see what happened. I think she heard that this man can heal anybody. I think she heard that all things are possible if you can just believe. And because of what she heard about Jesus, she came to him and she had her own confession. 
See, if it took confession for you to get saved, what does the Bible say? When you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get saved. So if it took, watch this, a confession for you to get salvation, it's going to take a confession for you to walk through your salvation. Now, I know you're saved, but listen, I don't want to just be saved. I want to live a life that is more than abundant. She already had her confession. She said, you know what? If I can just touch the hem of his garment, she said, I'm going to be made whole. She heard because one of the keys to believing is your hearing. Can you say amen to that? Now, Go to Mark 10, and then we're going to wrap this up. Go to Mark chapter 10, look in verse 46. Mark 10, verse 46. Now, this is another story, because at the end, I'm going to demonstrate for you what it takes for you to believe. Because many of us, we vacillate in our believing. Mark chapter 10, look in verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people Blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway begging. And when he had heard that Jesus of Nazareth, notice that, notice what he said. Who did he hear about? Now remember I said the key to believing is what? He heard something. It said he heard about Jesus of Nazareth. And then he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many began to say to him, hold your peace. And But he cried the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calls you. And he casting away his, his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what would you have me to do for you? That, to me, that seems like a crazy question. I mean, that's like a naked person not having no clothes on, and you ask them, what can I do for you? Well, they need some clothes. <laughs> well, here it was. This man is blind. They had to carry him to Jesus, and Jesus said, uh, what do I need to do for you? You know, because all of us don't ask for what we need. I mean, he could have asked Jesus for a fish sandwich. He said, what will you have me to do? And the blind man said, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your faith has what? Made you whole. And immediately what happened? He received his sight. Here's my point again. The key to believing is hearing. Now go to Romans chapter 10 as we wrap this up. Romans chapter 10. The key to believing is hearing. And that's why I shelter myself from negative people. If their life is not better than my life, I'm not going to let their life contaminate my life. In other words, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying I've reached a point in my life that I know the power of words. And see, even though you don't know it, that complaining is getting in your heart. The only reason you have a problem with your boss right now is because you heard some people criticizing them. Touch your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody in here right now. <laughs> Romans chapter 10. 
The key to believing is hearing. Watch this. It says, for whosoever, I'm in verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not what class? Now remember, I said the key to believing is what? You're hearing. He said, how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe on him of whom they have not? There it is right there. The key to your believing is your hearing. So my question to you is, what are you hearing? Do you know your thoughts talk to you? Mm-hmm. That's why you get out of the bed every morning and go to work. You don't go to work because you want to. Those thoughts of all those bills you have are talking to you. Notice what it says. How can they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? Watch this. How can they preach unless they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. Now, here's what I I want you to write down this take-home statement. It is possible to hear and not believe, but it is impossible to believe without hearing. I'm going to say it again because I know that kind of, you know, it's kind of like a tongue twister, but I want you to get this. It is possible to hear and not believe. I'll give you an example. It's possible to hear that somebody won the lotto. And you not believe you can. Now I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, saying I don't play the lotto. That's a waste of money to me. I'd rather give the Lord my money and ask him to multiply it than to give it to the state. Oh, we got a lotto spirit in here, huh? Oh, what's your number? Tell me your number. You got a ticket right now in your purse, don't you? Uh Uh-huh. That's my five, five, seven, eight, seven, mine. That is my number. My three ball number is six, eight, two, six, eight, two. (laughs) It is possible to hear and not believe, but it is impossible to believe without hearing. Now watch this. Go back. Are we in Romans? Go back to Romans. Go look in chapter 10, and we're going to read this very famous verse, but I'm going to connect it to the illustration. Romans 10, verse 17. So then, faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Now, I knew I need two men to do this illustration. Quickly, two men. It said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I enhance my believing when I hear the right thing. Now, Bruce, you're going to be faith. You got a cross on your necklace, so that fits you real well. (laughs) Dowie, you're going to be hearing. I tell you what, let's swap it. You be faith up here, or you be hearing and you be faith. Now, watch this. As being faith, faith is going to come 
as you hear. Now, what are you supposed to hear based on what he just said? Come on, what? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by what? So guess what? My faith will not move in God's direction if it doesn't hear the word of God. So I want you to take a step every time I give you a scripture based on my situation. Father, you said you would meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you that if you are for me, who can be against me? You said, God, you will cause all grace to abound toward me. That I will always have all sufficiency in all things so that I can abound to every good work. Father, you said in your word that uh, I will be blessed going in and blessed going out. You said, Father, when I give, it shall be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And now, because my faith has been hearing the word, my believing and my faith are one. And when they are one, you will see manifestation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, give them a big hand if you would. Our problem is we're hearing the wrong thing. And your homework assignment. See, miracles don't just come automatically. They had to hear something to get to Jesus. My question is, what are you hearing? Because if you're not hearing the right thing, watch this, you will go in the wrong direction. So your job is to get that word in you and get it out of you. See, Jesus even said, you know, whatever goes into a man is going to come out. My question is, what have you been putting in for faith to come out? If I were you, I would literally drown myself with the word. I don't know about you all, but I believe what I teach. I listened to last week's message five times. See, when you really need a miracle, you will do what it takes to get one. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here in this room. And you need the miracle of salvation.